In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Sammy Sage I'm having a relationship with my pizza. and Aileen Drexler. I'm going to make you girls a hump day treat. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello, and welcome back to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. And I'm Eileen. And today we have a returning guest, one of my favorite Instagram follows, Caroline Duner, the author of The Fuck It Diet, and soon to be author of the new book, Tired as Fuck, which comes out in February, <laughs> um, really encapsulates how I think a lot of us feel. So welcome, Caroline. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me back on. I'm so excited. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think just now, what? It's almost like maybe was, two and a half years. Yes. Yeah, summer of 2019. Yes. It's on our outline. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, a lot has happened since. Just oh, yeah. Pandemic. The world is a different place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite different. Oh, my um, God. So you're you are coming out with a new book. What? Uh, so wh- what are you up to? What have you been up to that inspired you to write this? Oh man, book? what a good question. Well, you know what's inspired me to write it actually happened before, um, even before we spoke last. It was actually happening while I was writing my first book, The Fuck It Diet. I was super, super burnt out, like extremely burnt out physically, mentally, existentially, I like to say. And what really happened or what I noticed happening is, you know, it was almost 10 years ago at this point that I had this sort of big revelation about my relationship with food and diets and body and worth. And I embarked on this journey to radically unlearn all of these things that I was operating under about food and worth and weight and health. Um, and I, I unlearned so much and I had so much of an awareness that so many of us are operating under these beliefs, mostly cultural beliefs, um, about food and about weight and about worth and beauty and health. Um, and it changed my life. Like it, it totally improved my life for the better. It was like a complete 180. I was a different person. I was a happier person. I was a lighter person. And then about five years into that, so about five years ago now, I found myself getting super burnt out. And I was realizing, oh my God, I just did all of this unlearning and this total like radical revolution in my own self with my relationship with food. And it was amazing. But I still am operating under all of these stressful self hating beliefs or, or, you know, not being very nice to myself about other areas of my life, like career and personal life. And, you know, feel whether I was feeling responsible or not. And if the, my big thing really was, I never, ever, ever let myself relax. I, you know, I let myself physically rest and I had to physically rest to heal my relationship with food for a while. And that was great. But when it came to productivity, I sort of like channeled everything then into my job and my career. And I was like, okay, well, um, a great focus will be my creativity and writing and figuring this out. And that was great. It was awesome. But it also, it's sort of like, oh, like eating healthy is great, but being really obsessed with it and like kind of being um, hypervigilant about it is not good. Being productive and liking your job and having goals is great, but 
not being super hyper vigilant about it and never letting yourself have a break. So I realized, and it had been going on really, like the dynamic had been going on since I was in high school for sure, that I never, ever, ever, ever felt like I was allowed to relax ever. And it wasn't conscious. I didn't consciously think like, Caroline, you're not allowed to relax. It's just whenever I, you know, was letting myself relax or did give myself or had a day off, I was like, oh, what what am I supposed to be doing? So that caught up with me (laughs) eventually. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to do another sort of radical, intense, crazy (laughs) journey like I did with the fuck it diet, where I totally let myself off the hook with all the other things in my life. And that is what led to what I called at the time. And this was a, this was a half joke. Like it sounds absurd, but it was also true. I called it my two years of rest. I was like, look, (laughs) I'm obviously still going to be doing things. I'm still going to be working, but can I, for the next two years, and I purposely made it two years because it sounded like a pretty long time. Can I completely change the way I go about life? Can I be way more aware of the stress I'm putting on myself and taking on? And can I, every time I do get stressed or feel guilty for you know taking it easy, can I use this period of time to get really aware of what's going on underneath? So I originally thought that this book was going to be called Two Years of Rest. That's like what the proposal was. But then as oh. I wrote it, I was going to say, not the fuck it method. (laughs) I know. Seriously, that's, I guess that should be book three. As I was writing it, I was like, okay, so I get to the two years of rest, but it's so much about the, the, the years and the, you know, crazy self-help obsessive things that I did that exhausted me. So I thought that calling it two years of rest would be like a misnomer. So I changed it to tired as fuck. So it, it sounds like there's like a theme that sort of like guided you through both like the weight, the, the, you know, detaching yourself from your, your weight and dieting. And now it feels like it's a theme that is pervading here, which is that like, we don't get our worth or our validation from these external things, whether it is dieting, body, working, whatever it is, and all of these things that sort of weigh on us, no pun intended, (laughs) as we go through life. So how did you, I guess, draw that thread all the way through and actually get yourself to see yourself as valuable outside of your work achievements? Mm, That's such a good question. Well, the first thing that I noticed and the parallel that I, that I drew pretty quickly was, you know, I, I feel like our culture has this big misunderstanding about our relationship with food and specifically the way that we view quote unquote food addiction, which is the way a lot of us are operating like a food addict and feel like a food addict, but don't really understand the dynamics underneath of it and don't understand how common disordered eating is and what, what role that plays. Um, and I, was, I, I realized that our culture does a very similar thing with burnout. We don't understand how common it is. We don't understand that being exhausted or feeling fried or feeling like, oh my God, I can't focus. I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'm I'm like tapped out is not a personal failing. It's not something we need to like, like buck up and like push through. I mean, that's what I tried to do for so long. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can, why can they handle all these things? And I, I can't. And so I put it all on myself and I pushed through until I literally physically could not anymore. And I was like at the end of my rope. And if we had, if I had a better understanding that it's okay, it's normal. These are the signs of burnout, like feeling, you know, feeling spacey or feeling anxiety and depression. Those are, those those can be signs of burnout. Um, Not being excited about things anymore, like feeling super low, feeling like you can't focus. Those can be signs of burnout, but we don't know that. Like we don't understand that. And so we don't know how to take care of ourselves. So I realized that there was this big parallel. And because I'd already done it with food and and body stuff, it was actually a little easier for me to be like, oh, so obvious. Like I'm doing this again and we're all doing this again. And how much more relief would I feel if I actually let myself 
actually let myself take a break. Cause that's the big thing. Just like, you know, when I talk about mental restriction, like, okay, let yourself eat. But if you're feeling super guilty the entire time you're eating, it's probably going to backfire and it's not really going to, it's going to kind of keep you in that cycle. A very, very similar thing with quote unquote rest. You know, I talk about rest and people assume I'm talking about like sleep or, you know, or resting from exercise. A lot of people think that I'm talking about that. And I, you know, it totally applies. Like, I think there are a million different ways to interpret rest, to apply rest. It's very specific to what you personally need. But if you're feeling guilty about it, like if you're, if you say like, you know what, I'm really tired. I'm burnt out. I need a personal day. I'm going to take Friday off. I'm going to take Friday off. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to have a three-day weekend. But if you're feeling guilty that entire Friday that you shouldn't have done it or that you should, what, what should I be doing with this Friday? That's, it defeats the whole purpose. It isn't rest, but that's how most of us are resting, you know? So like understanding that that was really the dynamic under everything and what could I do? Like, how could I radically become super aware of all of whatever the beliefs are? Like, why do I believe that I'm supposed to constantly be doing things? Like, where does that come from? Um, and I knew it would take some time to like actually put it into practice, which is why I knew I needed two years. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody who like isn't burnt out? Because I feel like I run through a list of people I know. I'm like, they're, yeah, they're burnt out. They're burnt out. What is the sign of – we know the signs of burnout. What are the signs of someone who's not burnt yeah, out? Yeah, that is such a good question because, you know, there are, there are people who genuinely thrive on – like constantly doing things. And I'm sure that there are some of those people who actually are going to hit a wall eventually. And some people, they're just different. <laughs> they're just like yeah. different from me. You know, we're not all the same. And we, and that's another thing, like we don't all need the same kind of rest. Like some people need, well, exercise is a great example. Sometimes like saying, you know what, I'm going to take two hours and I'm going to go to a yoga class and I'm going to take some time to myself. That is rest for some people or for some people on certain days. And that's not rest for people who are super physically burnt out and need to lie on their couch staring at the ceiling, eating Cheetos or whatever. You know, It's going to be different for everyone. And it's going to be different for us like week to week, basically. What is a sign of not being burnt out? I think like truly being you know, relatively excited or like optimistic about your, your days. Like, okay. Like, you know, I get to wake up and go to this job. You don't have to be like obsessed with your job, but like to not be like dreading. I think dreading every moment is a huge sign of burnout. And, you know, if you can feel like, you know, relatively good, <laughs> have like a moderate amount of energy for the things that you have to do in your life. I think that means you probably have like a, a good balance going on. Um, but a lot of people do not. And I think that dread, like dread, and that's how I experienced it. I was like, I dread everything that I have to do. Like in the next month, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, oh my God, I hate my life. <laughs> you know, like that's not the way that it should be. And it happens, right? But then the next question is, okay, so what's going on? You know, what can I shift? What, what is making me unhappy here? What is, what is burning me out? What can I let go of? Um, what little things can I shift? What little things can I say no to? What class that I'm taking can I decide to stop taking and reevaluate? Like, what are the little ways I <laughs> went super dramatic as usual and I, you know, decided to quit a lot of the jobs I was doing at the time. I decided to move from New York to Philadelphia. I decided to do a lot of things that allowed me to have more time and more peace and more space. Um, but I don't think that everyone has to do that to, to have a shift in the way that they're, um, they're operating in their life. It can be small. It can be just like a checking in of like, okay, well, is this working for me anymore? Like, is this, is the way that I'm going about things actually working? This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do you think that, like, the burnout could just be sometimes a result of us feeling the need that we must be busy versus actually having things to do. Yes. (laughs) You know, like giving yourself constant things to do versus like, I don't know, like, you know, deciding what needs to be done versus that that gap that we all fill. (laughs) Yes. I I actually think that that at a certain point that was actually a big part of my burnout. And that's one of the reasons that I didn't think I was allowed to be burnt out because I, if I compared myself to other people, I was like, well, I'm definitely not doing more than them. <laughs> like they're definitely, they're arguably doing way more than me and they seem fine. What's wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? And I wasn't taking into account the sort of like mental and emotional strain and exhaustion that, you know, I would say at that point, like at least 15 years of like constant constant guilt and constant stress over what I should be doing had taken on me. Like that actually did affect my, my, not only my mental capacity to like do what I needed to do, but my physical, like it really ran me down physically as well. Um, and, and it was only when I realized, oh my God, I have never let myself off the hook. I've never, ever, ever genuinely let myself off the hook in like a mental and emotional way. That's why I'm so tired. And that's why it was so hard to explain to people. Like when I would tell friends or when I would try to explain, you know, to my followers on Instagram, like, oh, I'm on two years of rest. It was like, what? Like, I don't even get it. Like people were excited because it sounded like something that they wanted to, but there were enough people who were like, so like, what, what do you do? Like, what are you so tired from? And it was like, oh, you wouldn't understand it's existential. <laughs> like, but yeah, but I really think that the way the way that we don't let ourselves off the hook will run us down, even if it doesn't look like we're like we de- quote unquote deserve to be burnt out from the outside. Can you talk a little bit about what it meant to let yourself off the hook? Was that like a one-time moment where you're like, we're starting now, or did you? How did you get in touch with what it oh. meant to be off the hook? And I imagine once you did make that commitment, you were like, you know, still trying to work on your brain patterns to oh, yeah. actually lean into that. You know, it was the it was the age of uh, the KonMari method and intense decluttering, and I was so into it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it made so much sense to me. I was like the things in our life, like the physical objects are like energetic, like they're symbolic, right? Like they're symbolic of things we don't want to let go. And so I like did this major decluttering and I was like living her principles and like being so careful about like the things that I bought and making sure, like I was living this totally minimalist life. And I, I, I don't know if it happened like in one moment, or if it just sort of dawned on me over that period of time, that I needed to declutter 
other things in my life. Like I needed to declutter jobs that I was doing that I didn't enjoy, expectations that I'd taken on. Like I immediately was like, oh my God, I can apply this to the way my brain works. Like my brain is so cluttered with bullshit and bullshit expectations and all of these things that I think I should be doing. And and I noticed that in trying to even declutter my schedule, I had all of this resistance. I was like, am I really allowed to do this? Am I really allowed to... And you know what? A big thing for me is I went to school for musical theater. And at that time, I was still living in New York trying to pursue it. And that was another level for me of like this expectation that I'd taken on that I couldn't quit. I couldn't quit. I, I'd gotten so far. I, I had this agent. I, you know, I just got this Broadway callback. Like I can't quit, even though everything else in my entire body was like dreading every moment, every day, every audition. Um, really like had to, it took a really long time to admit to myself that something about the way I am doesn't line up with being uh, an actress who has to go on auditions like all the time for the rest of my life. And I, it took a really long time for me to be okay with that because it felt like such a failure. And I, and I, and again, it was all this stuff. Like you majored in it. People tell you how good you are. How could you let them down? How could you do this? And I had to get to a point where I was like, I'm miserable. Like I'm so miserable, you know? Is right. it center stage when the girl's like, Mom, yeah, this I'm is your miserable. <laughs> like, this is your got, dream, Mom. Yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I just it so like all of these things are sort of happening at once. And one of the things that I decluttered when I was decluttering my closet were, you know, it was all about things that spark joy, right? Like what actually sparks joy? What clothes do you actually enjoy wearing? And all of these audition clothes that I'd had for the past couple of years, I was like none of these spark joy. I hate all of these. I never want to wear them again. And so it was just like things that hit me where I was like, oh God. Okay. All right. I think like, and I really avoided admitting this to myself for a really long time because it felt like a really big thing to let go of. And it was a really, you know, for so long, I was like so disappointed in myself that I couldn't figure it out. Like, why can't, why can't I figure this out? Why can't I just get over my audition anxiety? Why can't I just buck up, not feel dread? And I couldn't, I just couldn't. And so that was another thing that I let go of at the time, but it really did. The the other thing is that it like to ask yourself, like, what would, even though, if, even if it's hard, even if there are a million things in your mind, like a million reasons you think that you shouldn't, what would bring you relief? Like Mm -hmm. what would actually feel like a weight off of your shoulders? And that can be a really helpful way to just, you don't have to take action. It's really scary. Like if someone had told me like a year before I, I decided to quit and move out of New York, like Caroline, I really think that you need to, you know, think about quitting. I don't think you're happy. I would have been like, no, I would have been so resistant to it. But, you know, that's why I think like, you don't have to, you don't have to overhaul your whole life. I think it really scares people. Like, oh, they, they know that there's something wrong, but admitting it to themselves means so many things and so many things have to change. It can be really, really overwhelming. But if you can just kind of explore it within your own psyche and tell yourself, you don't have to do anything big. You can just gain a little bit of awareness and maybe all it takes is a couple shifts. Like maybe, Maybe it right. just maybe it doesn't take a big life change, but it can still bring you a lot of relief. And I think, yeah, I, I like the idea of focusing on relief rather than like what brings you joy because right. I feel like that that's there's that's a lot. That's loaded. it is. It's because <laughs> so you first have to identify like what actually brings you joy. Like just relief feels like solving a problem, at, like the problem at hand. Yeah. In terms of like two years of rest, I mean. <laughs> A lot, like a lot of people can't afford. Oh no! To like, you know, know what I mean? Just making a huge life shift, they can't really unburden themselves a hundred percent. Do you have like tip? Like you just touched on, like sort of just a few little things they can do. Do you have like advice on how to sort of do it in a way that's accessible or manageable? for those who can't don't can't afford to take an actual bre- like break or yeah. quit their job because they have people who 
rely on them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. This is a huge thing. And this is something, this is one of the reasons that I, I spent a good amount of time in the, I would say, last third of the book talking about how it's going to look really different for everybody. And everybody has a different capacity for quote unquote rest and different need for it. Um, and it's also worth saying, I did not stop working. I definitely was still working. I knew I had to. I was able to take on a little bit less work because I was freelancing at the time. And I had been like hustling like a mad woman for the past few years. And so I was like, okay, I have a little bit that I can kind of rely on over this these next two years, knowing that I'm still going to be working. I'm still going to be needing to make money. But can I start by examining what I'm doing right now, examine the parts of my life that are depleting, examine the parts of my work and the jobs that I take on that are depleting, and can I figure out which of those I can afford to stop doing right now? And so it really, you know, well, the other big thing is like life, life is never restful really for long. Like we can say, you know, I need, I need a break. We can try to take that break, but we can't control what comes up. Like it, it's nonstop, you know, it's always going to happen. So expecting it to be like perfectly peaceful once you make a decision to rest or change things up is just going to leave you disappointed and thinking that maybe you're doing it wrong. That first year, I moved cities. I accidentally, I thought I was quitting theater, but in Philly, I had all these theater contacts. And so I immediately was booked for a full season of theater. So I, I was like, thought I was resting, but I was like nonstop working until like 1130 at night. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But I was saying, I was very deliberate about like saying no to um, a lot of social things. Like I was super physically burnt out. I couldn't really drink the way I had been before. Like my body was super run down. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do these because actually like to go back to Marie Kondo, these three shows that I just were cast in bring me joy. Like I'm, I'm actually excited to do them, but what other things in my life do I have to say no to now to retain at least some sort of like equilibrium or some sense of peace. And it was a lot of saying no to other jobs that I did not have the capacity for that before I would have been like, but I have to like, I have to keep building my fuck it diet business. Like if I don't, it's gonna, everything's gonna fall apart. And I was like, I, I can't, you know, like I, I can't, if I want to still focus on rest and letting myself off the hook, that was like one of those things where I was like, I have this fear that if I say no, everything's going to fall apart. But can I actually realize, first of all, that that's not necessarily true at all? And can I start to say no to things that are overwhelming? Um, I bought a house that year. Um, very relaxing. Process. Very relaxing. So and I relaxing. was, I, know, I was like, literally, like the first two months, I, I didn't have a bed for the first 10 months. I was lying on a mattress. Uh, in, this is in your the year of rest. This is my rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is my point. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make you make plans, and then the universe laughs in your face, um, yeah. and then you have to make the plan again and like double down. But so I was lying, you know, sleeping on the mattress, and my ha my bedroom was the top floor, like right under the roof, and I woke up to a drip, like literally, it was. Drip a drip from the roof into my oh, I bedroom. Think I saw you post about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Onto the floor, splashing up. Like I woke up with splashes on my face, and I was like, "What is oh happening?" Gosh. And I, and again, I was like, "Oh, this is not rest." And then I had to like go to rehearsal. So again, like life happened, but I still had, and I talk about this in the book too. I still had rest as a priority it still was a priority and it still informed the majority of my decisions. So when I talk about that as like rest as a state of mind, like how could it like in a, in another world, I would have been like nonstop, 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 not letting myself off the hook. But at least now I was like, Hey, I deserve, I deserve every, everything I deserve to relax. Like that was a huge shift all by itself. 
that I actually deserved on my day off to truly take a day off and to truly, you know, say no to that activity that I'm so, you know, flattered someone invited me to, but I don't have the energy to do it. You know, the second year, it was a question of, okay, do I keep going like this? Do I want to keep auditioning? Do I want to keep doing this? And the answer was no, I don't. Now I want to, you know, okay, here we are still need to work. I need to finish writing the fuck a diet book. So I was like halfway book. I was halfway through writing it. Um, and I need to like really, really, really do the bare, the bare minimum, meaning I still have to do things. I still have to work. I still have to like, you know, cook and feed myself. I still have to do all these things that people have to do, but what don't I have to do? And what am I forcing myself to do that I don't need to, that's like totally arbitrary. And then like the fuck a diet, which I find to be like a pretty intense healing period for a different amount of time for every person, months, couple years sometimes, and then things start to feel more balanced. You don't have to think about it so much. I was really, really hoping that that would happen with rest where like I was burnt out. I needed this period where I had to like really kind of like guard it fiercely when I could. Um, and I really hoped that I could get to a place where I actually wasn't feeling so fucking exhausted all the time and I didn't have to think about it all the time. And I am happy to report that that happened, <laughs> that, you know, I still like get tired and I still, you know, I still like live a life where I, you know, I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert. I like, you know, I like to have my alone time and my downtime, but I don't feel, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to go. Like I, I was at like social burnout. Like I, I needed to like say no to all these social things all the time. I thankfully am like thrilled to see people, especially, especially after COVID now. Yeah. But it, but it really was this like healing phase. Again, it's like the pendulum where it's like, you fear, oh my God, why am I so tired? Am I going to be this way for the rest of my life? And that can be really scary, but thankfully I really do find that it is just this like healing period of focusing on rest and then letting your body tell you what, what it can do. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. Did you at all feel like a, a sense of loss in the things that you were saying no to? And whether it was socially or obviously letting go of auditioning and how did you cope with that, you know, kind of giving things up? Yeah, that's such, that's such a good question. There was this like kind of automatic habitual kind of voice that would pop up and it was this like scarcity voice. Like if you say no to this or if you don't do this, like this is your last chance. You know, this is, this is uh, like, let's think like, socially um, or job-wise. There was this like urgency of like, if you don't take this opportunity, this opportunity is never going to come again. And that's true for some things. It is. Um, But it became clear to me, like, and it would come up and I'd be like, oh, okay. But I was very like, my goal was to really, really be, be honest with myself about what my anxiety was underneath my inability to say no to things and my resistance to saying no to things. And so when that one would come up of like, but, you know, this could be my last chance. What if, you know, what if I don't do this? Or, or what if all my friends, you know, stop wanting to hang out with me or don't understand or, you know, and there were some friends who didn't get it. And there were lots of friends who did and who didn't care and who were like willing to be my friend and be with me through my need to do less. Um, I had to, it was like kind of a spirit, like I had to like do this surrender essentially of like, do I want to live my life constantly nervous that I have to like hold on so tightly to things or I'm going to lose everything because that's the way I've been operating and it hasn't gone very well. (laughs) It's been kind of miserable. So can I do this, this like and I've been practicing it. I can't believe I keep coming back. It's like kind of comical to me that I'm like, I learned to declutter my stuff. And then I d- decided to declutter my life. But I've been practicing like, okay, this shirt, this like beautiful, expensive shirt that my mom gave me that I wore for a year that I don't like anymore or that I don't fit into anymore. And it's like really difficult to let go of because I have all this belief that I shouldn't, it's irresponsible, um, I'm wasteful. Uh, I'm never going to have a nice shirt again. Like all of these, all of these things that kind of get in the way of us being able to get rid of a stupid shirt, you know? Right. Like I don't deserve to be get, throwing away this shirt. Exactly. For, exactly. Yeah. And I like done that enough. I so much of of that book of the the what is it called the life changing magic of tidying tidying up. Right? up. Yeah. Um, I done that like discomfort and like I, I'd gone through that discomfort. And she talks in the book about like we hold on to stuff because we, you know, we don't believe we're allowed to let it go, but the joy that it brought us already happened. You know, like if you loved that shirt and you don't love it anymore, like it served its purpose. So I had been kind of like leaning into that. And so when this would come up in my real life, like say the fear that my friend who just invited me to this thing, and I already said no last week and I'm saying, no, really, like, I really am burnt out. Like, I'm really sorry. Um, I can't do this or can we do something else next week or whatever. The fear that something bad is going to happen or that I'm going to lose something. Can I remember that if this person is meant to be my friend, like we're going to be okay. You know, like can I can I trust a little bit more? Can I trust that the life that I'm meant to live I'm going to live and is waiting for me and I'm not going to I'm not going to push it away. I'm not going to I'm not going to miss it. You know, that was a big thing. I, I, I realized like in my journaling, I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss life. Like that was one of the things that was, that was very stressful to me during that rest. Like I'm afraid that I'm going to miss opportunities, miss meeting the right people, miss meeting the right, you know, boyfriend for me. And I'm going to be miserable, you know? And I had to do a lot of like, can I just trust that I'm not going to miss life? Like I'm not going to. I'm going to maybe take 
two years of doing less and see what happens. And, and still, like, I was still saying yes. I was still saying yes to things, but it was just things that didn't, it was things that sparked joy. And it was, it was things that didn't feel so depleting. And right. Yeah. The only life you would be missing would be the one that you were living before. Yeah. You're like opening by like sort of reprioritizing or removing like these obligations to whether it was like social things or, or actual objects. Like you're opening up a new type of life that it's not like it's, you're just stop, you stop living. <laughs> you're not like just staying home <laughs> forever. <laughs> That's what I found. I found yeah. that it actually did kind of create this vacuum. Like I said no to enough stuff and I moved, you know, I, I made these, these changes and I got rid of some of these jobs that I'd been doing that I didn't love doing in my freelancing. And all of a sudden I had all this space and time that w- was pretty quickly filled by other things that I happened to like a lot more, you know? Yeah. Like what? Like what were, what were some of like the switches you made? Well, to start, it was letting go letting go of New York. That was really, really hard for me. I loved living. I really loved New York, but I got so burnt out that I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't relax enough in New York. I knew that if I moved to Philadelphia, I could live by myself way easier. I could, I could take less work, you know, like I could afford to do a little bit less in Philadelphia. And that was a big that was a big loss. Like that really did feel like a big loss. But pretty quickly, I fell in love with living in a new city. I bought a house. Never in a million years could I have done that in New York. And sort of like a whole new life started that I couldn't have lived. I couldn't have had those kind of exciting experiences if, if I'd held on to the thing that I also loved, but that was definitely a part of my exhaustion. Another um, another example is getting rid <laughs> getting rid of a lot of those jobs that I was filling up all my time with, and it was a lot of freelance stuff, like freelance writing and freelance coaching, even which I came to realize I really did like really didn't enjoy doing, but it was great for the time because I learned so much about the fuck a diet, and I was able to write in a way that I wouldn't have been able to write if I hadn't worked with people. Um, but I I wanted to do way less of that. I was really burnt out on that. And then I held, had all this time and I was able to fill it with those acting jobs for that year, which were so fun. I mean, it really was fun for that year. Did I want to keep doing it for the rest of my life? No, because I hate auditioning. <laughs> but like there, there was this space that was created and then other things filled the space that I enjoyed even more. And then I reassessed, okay, do I need to do, do I need to change things up again? Yeah. I need to let go of these things now and these things now. Um, friends. I mean, I had a lot of friends that, or a couple friends, I would say that didn't, um, didn't end up being lifelong friends that didn't really get what I was doing, that didn't really like respect what I was doing. Um, and we drifted apart and I met new friends that like are way more aligned with, you know, who we both are. And, and that was a scary thing. That was a huge scary thing of like, feeling like, you know, I'm pushing people away, but I wasn't. It just things were things were falling apart the way they were meant to and they did come back together. But that takes a lot of trust and it's hard. Like it really is hard. So to do it in in tinier steps can be or to do it like I'm just going to do it in one area of my life or I'm just going to do it in this little way, like test the water and then, you know, see what happens can be really helpful because sometimes we need to like see things work before we can keep trusting. We need, we, the universe needs to give us a little something <laughs> sometimes Sorry. before we can like fully, fully let go. Um, what do you think about burnout as a result of like things you aren't doing, but being like constantly bombarded with information on social media that you are like sort of consuming, but you're not really I mean, you're choosing because you're going on the app, but like sort of, you're not going on the app only to get all of that. What, what do you think about that? Oh my God. I think this is going to be like the issue of our, of our time. <laughs> yeah. I think this is like just the beginning of us realizing what this is doing to our brains. And I am 
no saint here. I have no. I have yeah, what's your screen time? Let's play. No, I don't even. <laughs> oh, let's do that. That'll be. Oh fun. my god. Ha- I don't oh my god. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like really. Okay. Mine is altered because I am in the, up in the middle of the night looking at my baby monitor, <laughs> which is right. on my phone. Right. So. Right. Right. Mine. Mine is gonna really make me look bad. Hold on. Do you want to know mine? I do. Or- Okay, six hours, four minutes. This is actually low. Sometimes at like oh. eight or nine hours. Yeah, this looks low for me too. This is 32% down from last week. I didn't even say what mine was. Mine says six hours, 51 minutes. Yeah, mine says six hours. But like the week before that was definitely higher, I feel like. So when I get notifications, usually it says like eight hours or nine hours in a, in a very busy week. And it's so. always on Sunday morning, right? And I'm like, ugh. What a way to start the day. This is the daily average. My daily average is apparently six hours and 51 minutes, which is 32% down from last week. Yeah, why is mine the same? Maybe because we I spent watching Succession instead of being on my phone. But <laughs> I, I think this is only yesterday. It says daily, but it only starts with, oh, you guys, scroll. Oh, scroll. Oh, oh. Want to know last week's average? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a different story. hours. <laughs> 12, Sammy. That's last week. That's last week. Mine's nine hours and three minutes. I text a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I text a lot too. It's my way way of um, socializing. I really do think a lot of it correlates with work. Yeah, Um, it does. Well, we we have to remember like Yeah, let's just talk ourselves up from here. (laughs) I don't – is it it healthy for our brains – Still no, probably, but (laughs) we both, you know, all of us do have to be on Instagram for our drops. Like, we do. I want to talk about your campaign to lose followers. Oh, my God. Um, I think just to give everyone the context, can you tell everyone how that started and why you're doing it because I feel like it has a lot of these threads of like letting go of what doesn't serve us in it. It actually reminds me a lot of the two years of rest because people were like, what do you mean? Because usually people are like, I'm going to take a year of yes, you know? And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to take two years of no. Fuck no. And people are like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? And so usually people are like, oh, I'm going to go on this campaign to like post a reel every day and I'm going to try to like gain blah, blah, blah followers and like up my engagement. And I was like, I think I hate having a huge Instagram following. And I think like, it's like another obligation. It's like everything is about the obligations you have in life. The obligation. And I felt like I had a lot of very, very serious followers. Like, and I felt like I was being held captive and I... Like I hired an outside PR person to help work on my second book, like outside of my um, publisher. But before it happened, I was like, oh no, the goal of PR is to like get more followers. And I was feeling like, I just felt like everything I said on Instagram, like someone was mad. Someone was mad. Someone is mad about every single thing I say. And, you know, I can, I can zoom out and be like, okay, I understand. Like, I understand that like talking about certain topics are gonna be polarizing. And, you know, we have to understand that's just the way that it is. That's just how human nature is. That's just how social media is. But it was like the littlest, the littlest things. Like for instance, more recently, I did not know what Squid Games was. I was actually trying to take a break from, from my phone, from scrolling Twitter, from watch it. I was like trying to take a break from constantly watching Netflix. I like hadn't been on Netflix for a super long time. I was trying to scroll less. I was, and I probably that week, like whatever that week was or the weeks before that, I probably had like five hours of screen time compared to nine. Like I was doing a, like a better job for a little while. Cause I was like super tapped out of social media. And I, so I had been seeing just like random memes referring to squid games and I had no Very idea what it was. I saw some Adele meme about Squid Games. Like, I didn't know what it was. I assumed that it was a game on TikTok that teenagers were playing. It was – I and I had seen it so many times, but I had no idea. It's like a healthy assumption. Crazy, right? Um, I'd seen it so many times, but I was like, oh, I, like, don't have the energy to learn what this is. So I decided to make a post on Instagram 
and say, I don't know what Squid Games is, and I don't think I want to find out. And a lot of people in the comments were like, oh, it's, it's, um, it's actually really great. It's a really great show on Netflix. Um, it's a Korean, um, kind of like a Korean version of Battle Royale or Hunger Games and, or people being like, oh, like I could not watch it. It was too gory. And I was like, oh my God, it's a Netflix show. Like I had no idea. (laughs) And pretty soon after that, I got some woman in my DMs and it was a white woman, of course, who was like, you really really need to check yourself on <laughs> dismissing a Korean TV show. And I was like, but what if I really didn't like, really didn't know what it was? Like, is that still problematic? And they were like, well, then you should have looked up what it was. Cause you have a big following and it's your responsibility. And I was like, Oh my God. Wait. So, so I'm bad. If I looked at, I'm bad for when you thought I, I did know what it was. And now I'm bad because I didn't know what it was. And most people, I would say like the majority of people who follow me are very great and sane. But there's that percent of people who just want to like make your life hell and who just want to like pat themselves on the back for being like, I don't even know what. I um, crusaded for, like, being, for justice today. Yes, exactly. Or like told. for being a good exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh my God. Like oh, and then some oh and then they someone have to check else. off their to-do list. Exactly. Stop, exactly. You know, stop white supremacy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then there was another woman who wrote this super long comment that then she thought I deleted, but I hadn't even seen it. And didn't she, you know how like the algorithm of comments is like yeah. so weird and you sometimes can't find your comment? And she wrote me this long DM like, I cannot believe that I have to be educating another provider. I think she was a, a dietitian. I can't believe I, I'm, I'm not. On but, Squid Game? Yes. But oh my God, it was so, I actually have it saved as a highlight. If anyone wants to go read it, you can read her DM to me and her comment. But it was like, she was in it. She was like being racist herself. She was like, well, I for one thought it was a wonderful show. And, you know, Korean TV is really wonderful. And there were like so many Korean people who were like, this is bonkers. Like, this is crazy. Some were like, I don't even know what Squid Games is. Like, it was just it. But this is like the way that social media is these days. Like people are just out for blood, looking to be outraged. And the more, and I was like, the more followers I have, the more fucked I am. So I, I started this, like, it was half, again, it was like a half joke, half real campaign to lose followers. Like, and people were like, you really shouldn't be saying it. And I was like, or you really shouldn't be saying that. And I was like, well, you know what? I think it would be better if I just actually lost followers who were going to like give me hell than to like try and make sure that everything I say is going to make a hundred percent of people happy because you can't, you literally can't like no matter, even if you were like tipped, literally tiptoeing around the internet, you can't, you're going to piss someone off then for you're something around the internet. Cause you're too afraid to say anything or, you know, you'll still say something wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like even like I posted a meme last night or this like video of the, have you seen the grandpa doing the flip off the swing? No. <laughs> so someone responded, they were like, I just can't believe how res- irresponsible it is for elderly people to be taking risks like this. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? Everybody, please. What, what do we need to do to just like put the phone I really down? Good, I have a really good Am I the Asshole to send you. It was one of the best ones I've seen in a while. It was about this woman who was basically mad that her downstairs neighbor – um, was running like a crafts business out of her three bedroom apartment and that she was basically the woman was mad like why would why would a single woman with no kids have to buy a three bedroom apartment and this woman was writing how she like lies awake at she the woman doesn't work at night but the writer who a- is asking am I the asshole is saying like I lie awake just thinking how she could be working Oh my at like 9 p.m. And I just the mere thought of her existing in the room under me, just just I can't like handle it. I don't you get it. It's <laughs> this one a woman wrote in to Am I the Asshole on Reddit to be like, Am I an asshole for being pissed that my downstairs neighbor is a single woman who works in her apartment and basically exists? Like, I know the okay. answer. <laughs> yes. And that like you are. It just reminds me that 
sometimes people will just stew in their heads over your existence. Yeah. They will stew in their heads over anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this woman's just literally living, you know, her life. The, they're yeah. mad. The, the asshole was mad that this woman was a childless – Free person who could craft at any hour, right? <laughs> oh, oh, that's what. That's why I don't get it because I'm like I don't get it because there's nothing really to get. <laughs> there's nothing oh, wait, to get the, except that the, people the, are their own worst enemy. Like that's really what it is. There was also a confrontation between them where the asshole asked the woman, like downstairs, like to please. She said something to her like, "Why? Like, why are you crafting?" And the downstairs woman was like, "Well, your kids are constantly jumping all like, and it's I hear it in my you're they're on top of me, right. so I can hear them constantly running around." And so she like didn't even think about the fact that her kids were right. actually disturbing this woman. So what she had to go to then was like, "Well, at least I have kids, and I'm like doing yes. something with my with my life or whatever." And then had to like turn it into like, "Well, you're bad for this." And it's like, yeah. unfortunately, like, he, like it's the dark side of human, human nature, act. right? Like, yeah. we're we are assholes. Like, unchecked, we can be assholes, and we can like get confused about the meaning of life, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but Honestly, back to your question about <laughs> what uh, – essentially, like, you asked such a good question and I didn't really answer it um, about social media and, like, taking in – I mean, like, the amount of helpful posts I've seen that are, like, just a reminder, humans are literally not designed to be able to take in the amount of information that we take in and the amount of distressing information that – we have that we are taking in these days with social media and like being okay. Like it's not, it's not, um, it's not normal for our brains. We're not wired to be able to handle it and like cope essentially. And it's not healthy. It's, it's not. And there was another time when I posted that, like, reminder, guys, like, we're not meant to, like, take in information at this rate. If you need to take a break from social media, if you need to just, like, put your phone down, like, you know, you – it might be really helpful. Just remember you don't have to know everything about everything all the time. And, of course, that, too – this is, like, a year ago. People were like, that is such a privilege to, like, not know what's going on. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, like, it's – I would say that to anybody. Like, you – life is hard enough. Life is hard enough. Like you don't need to take on the entire world because you, you can't, you actually cannot do everything about everything. You can't, you can do a little something. You can, you can take the action that you can take, but like we get into this, like, Oh my God, everything is falling apart. The world is burning. Everyone hates each other. We're going to be locked down for like all of, all of this stuff that is genuinely horrible. <laughs> Also, people are not like realizing that you're not saying never go on the internet. You're or never you're, or, 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 or never, never learn things. Information. Exactly. Like, things get so, you know, it, it does all get so black and white and people hear the most extreme version of what they think you could possibly be saying and just want to argue. And it's really it's just it's it's really it's hard, but I also need to to remember because I can get really like, oh, I just want this person who's so stupid and like messaging me and saying the stupid things. Like I want them to feel as stupid as I think. But like I get in there too and I'm like – I'm getting better at being like, delete. I don't need to respond. I don't need to respond to that. It's not no. going to make – it's not going to change their mind. That's for sure. It's not going to make my day better. That's for sure. I don't have to engage. I did a lot of like mm-mm. Like you're mm-hmm. – you think I'm stupid? Well, you're stupid. You know, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of that. And it can be fun and like silly. If it's like silly drama, I mean, that's one of the problems is like some of my Instagram is like built around silly drama that I would love to just keep silly. Yes. And it's fun. It can be so fun, but it can also become this runaway train of like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, what is that? Yeah. Well, because I think a, I think a lot of it is like even with the information, it's like all passive. Like mm. we're passively consuming a lot of things. Oh, it, yeah. You could still go out and like, like you said, learn something or like you can still put 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your day to learn about the news and what everything right. that's going on. But the point is, is like 
not continuing your day, just passively like learning everything there is to know about every single fucking celebrity or politician or right. who's done what and when they wore what. And like, right. it's just too much. Me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did make fun of, or like reading every Reddit thread possible, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> But here's it's the thing. to consume information that it I can like be, to consume. It can it's be like restful. The, for, yeah. It can be restful. Right. It, can be. it can be. It can be an amazing way to zone out. It can be so great. But it can also be, and this can, again, it can be from person to person. It can be from day to day. It can be from content to content. It can also be totally overwhelming. And I think like so many things, it's okay. It, it's not that scrolling on your phone is bad or like, always a problem or like always something that's going to like make your life worse. It's how am I engaging with this? Like, what is like, is this becoming dysfunctional? And in what way is it becoming dysfunctional? And can I have a little bit of awareness around that and maybe make a little shift? That's really all we can do. It's like sometimes binging Netflix, you're doing it because you're depressed and like you need <laughs> like help, really. <laughs> and sometimes it's like the most therapeutic and amazing thing that you can do because you're fucking tired and you need to turn off your brain. So like it's not it's usually not about the thing. It's about the way you're using it, why you're using it, and what that and the, like and the results. Like what does yes. it make you do? Like do, yes. reading about something or learning about something is your next feeling. Um, the urgency to do something else because of what you just learned and then you're all of a sudden more overwhelmed or are you doing something just to like, oh, that was that was enjoyable. Next. Right. Like, right. Th- I think that's also just like, h- how does it make you feel at the end? Yes. And are you operating out of fear or, or are you operating out of a place of sort of awareness and um, intention and like, Oh, I want to get involved. I like I've learned about this thing. It's pretty upsetting. I want to get involved with a charity. I think that that would be really great. I think it would make me feel good. It would I hopefully it will be helpful. Great. Oh, as opposed to, oh my god, the world is falling apart. What can I do? I have to do this, I have to do that. I guess I should get involved with a charity. Like it's the way that you go about it. I mean, talk about burnout. Like that is going to be the difference between a sustainable way of operating and fucking burnout, you know? Yeah. Totally. So when's your book coming out? <laughs> the book is coming out February 8th. Okay. And I'm really excited. Um, I find this one, I mean, we've, it's been easy to talk to you guys, but I find this book really, di- like if someone just says like, so what's your second book about? I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> you need to like rest and find out. <laughs> yeah, read it, bitch. No, yeah. I, I, you know, it's harder because the first one is like, it's about dieting and, you know, why we feel this way with food and what we can do about it. This one is like, well, kind of tell like my story with like dieting and self-help and getting burnt out and getting really tired, but also like culturally, but then also like my two years, like it's, it's, there's a lot more going on in this book. You need to get yourself a (laughs) two-liner. I do. I really do. (laughs) Well, Um, okay. We're excited for it to come out and we're excited to read it. Tired as fuck. Coming out in February, February. February. Um, <laughs> um, where can people, I guess, not follow you? <laughs> if you are going to give me a really hard time, just don't follow me. But if you're amazing, like I'm sure you are, please follow me. You can find me on Instagram at the Fuck It Diet. Um, you can you can read the beginning of my book Tired as Fuck by going to thefuckadiet.com slash tired. You can just sign up and read the beginning, see if you like it. I kind of lay out what the book is going to be about. I kind of talk about that moment where I realized I wanted to declutter my entire life after decluttering all my stuff um, and kind of the way that I was operating. And um, and if you pre-order, have all of these bonuses, all of the all, I have like commentary on my first book, um, I have lots of things that you can sign up for and goodies and thank yous for pre-ordering the book. And you can learn all of that on, on my website too. That's awesome. For someone who um, has been resting for two years, it seems that you have really been productive in the best <laughs> way. The best way. Well, it, <laughs> I'm glad you think that because if you saw what I do on the day, on the day to day, you'd be like, wow, you really are resting. You really are doing the bare minimum. <laughs> You're judging yourself you know right now. <laughs> I, am, I am envious. And um, I hope to one day 
join you in that. You will. <laughs> I know you will. In the bare minimum. I know you will. I know you. I know. I know you will. <laughs> You're like I see what you post. You don't want to do shit. <laughs> I just believe in your ability to to like make your life better. I really do. Thank you. I You're a learner, that. Sammy. You're a learner. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Caroline. That is it for today's episode of Diet Starts Tomorrow. Caroline will be back with us this coming Thursday to answer your dear DST questions. So be sure to send them to DST at to get them answered. And follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Insta. Follow Sammy at Sammy, me at Aileen, and of course, Caroline at The Fuck Diet. And as you know, we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.